0: From that cast, creative, I'm Dan Bruton, and this is the PDX Executive Podcast, a show where I talk with inspiring leaders who are shaping the future of Portland, Oregon. Every week, I sit down with business executives, startup founders, and community leaders to dive into their career journey and get insights into the impactful work they're doing in our slice of the Great Pacific Northwest. Hey, everyone! Thanks for listening to PDX Executive Podcast. My guest today—I don't know how to describe him—man of mystery. Marketing executive, currently on sabbatical. Doug Hunter, welcome, Doug. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me on. You bet. So, I, I really want to. I know you're you're really taking this time on your sabbatical to upskill, and so I wanted to go really deep into that, what you're doing. I think it's really valuable. But mm-hmm. let's let's start up a, a little bit about your background. Do you mind just telling a little about yourself and your, your most recent role, and we'll go from there. Sure.
1: Let me give you the two-minute resume here. You know, I have the, the classic engineering degree plus MBA. Uh, did a little bit of management consulting work before I joined Lattice many years ago. Um, I joined Lattice to help them put together their strategic planning team. They were doing all their work using external consultants, and I, I brought that all in-house. Uh, from there, I was asked to put together their corporate marketing team. Uh, I did that, it, you know, transitioned the team from 80% print to 100% digital. Um, I took on the additional role of the CEO's chief of staff. Uh, then I moved on from there to put together the business operations and analytics team. And then finally, at the back end of the arc, I went back to the corporate marketing team and took it from being a digital team uh, to d- demand gen team. Mm-hmm. So leading that team. I was responsible for all digital, so web, email, social. Uh, Also had PR, publicity, uh, trade shows and events, and the creative team, Mm. which which is just a perfect combination of things to stitch it together into a growth marketing uh, or demand gen team, which is what we did together. And it was a really good ride. It was a lot of fun. How long were you there at Lattice Total? I was there almost 22 years, but oh, wow. it, was, it was fascinating, Dan. If you follow Lattice's history, you'll know there's been a lot of ups, a lot of downs, a lot of management transitions, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. And and because I migrated through all those roles, even though I was at the same company for 22 years, it felt like I was in a completely
0: new job every couple of years. Mm, I think that in itself is really interesting. And and you know as well as I do, folks that are marketing usually are not at the same company that long, right? Yeah, it's it's yeah, two or three. They might have the different roles, but um, right, they're they're all you know they leave and, mm-hmm. and out. So mm-hmm. so we'll we'll get into your sabbatical. You were there 22 years. Um, we both know that you're not old enough to retire. You still not can, at all. Yeah. <laughs> not at, not at all. all. So, um, walk me through the decision. I know it was a very um. I don't want to say calculated but it's something you you plan for yeah right absolutely yeah
1: yeah I think you know people the, the number one person who's going to help you manage your career is you and for me the beauty of rotating through all those different positions at Lattice and having the opportunity to build those departments it really gave me the chance to truly understand the intersection of a couple things you know one is what do I like to do you know what can i do and what am i willing to do and i think for me it really came down to identified you know there's two roles i want to play in in the future and when i looked at the company i didn't see those two roles being available to me anytime soon it's not a knock on the company it's where i wanted to go and what the opportunity was there didn't match so I know that the, the normal thing to do during a global recession and a pandemic is to stay with your job until you find the next one. Um, but my family, you know, we're financially blessed enough that I could take some time off. And, and I'm not the type of person who, as much as I love to get into the outdoors and backpack and canoe and kayak, <clears throat> that I wanted to just go sit on the beach for six months. Mm -hmm. I I wanted to do something. And to me, the logical thing to do is to, is to Mm upskill, is to use this time to really put myself in a much, much better place when I go into my new job.
0: So what, and you mentioned those two roles that you didn't see a path for at Lattice. What are Mm -hmm. those two roles? Two
1: uh, the he two is. roles are, yeah, it's two roles. One is head of marketing. The other is the head of growth marketing. Mm. And there's every, every now and then I toss in a third role, which is co-founder. You know, when I started my career, um, I was working for a startup. And when I joined, I was employee number five. And when we left, there were 150 employees, 100 of whom worked for me, which is an awesome experience for someone who's 22, 23 years yeah. old. Wow. Um, <clears throat> and every now and then I think about, hey, it'd be great to get back into that. But I am definitely want to be on the corporate side. Not an agency or consultancy. I want to go build and grow something. Um, either, as I said, as the head of marketing, or the head of growth marketing. Both of those, I think, would be a wonderful use of the skills I've built up over time
0: and something I really enjoy doing, could really pour myself into. Well, let's talk about your plan because I talked to you a couple of weeks ago and for someone who's not working full-time, you are sure busy and busier than I am. <laughs> you told me your schedule, and I was like, Doug, like, uh, you should be taking some time to relax a little bit.
1: Yeah, like, it's yeah. like a, absolutely. I'm looking forward to get back to work so I can relax.
0: <laughs> so talk about your plan and uh, the skills specifically you wanted to mm-hmm. uh, you know, upskill on, and but some of the things you're you're doing, some of the actual things, um, the program yeah. certifications you're doing. Yeah. Absolutely, Dan. I, I'm, I'm looking at four streams of work, and kind
1: of let me give you the headlines, and we'll come back and peel the onion back a bit on each of them. Uh, the four streams are design thinking, then comes digital marketing, then comes podcasting, and then comes networking. With, with design thinking, design thinking is a way of approaching and solving problems, really looking at the end user, really looking at the customer. Um, I'm highly confident that in my next job, there'll be people, processes, and tools that have problems of one type or the other Mm -hmm. and i think so often in companies we just try to find the technical fix for the problem we don't try and understand what the people's needs really truly are and then how do we actually meet those needs in a way that makes sense too often i see solutions in a company that are the easy way for the company to do it not what the company needs and that could be both an internal and an external process Um, Sorry about the voice. I'm creating an editing nightmare for you here. No problem. <laughs> the, the, let, me, let me give you kind of a company internal example than an external example. The company internal example is a previous place I work. We spent millions of dollars installing a new CRM and ERP system. And there are literally dozens of contractors running around, putting the system together, configuring it, flipping bits and all sorts of things like that but the total number of UX or CX user experience or customer experience designers on the team was exactly zero. And it showed, <laughs> you know, you look at some of the screens on this multi-million-dollar system and the data is just spewed on there right. in no particular order. And it made it really difficult to use. Now, now, my team for our system, because we were coming at this from a digital marketing perspective, we were bringing in a a philosophy of, you know, don't make me think, you know, the Mm -hmm. system should be so intuitive, it's highly usable. Mm -hmm. You know, we designed a flow that mimicked the way we thought our users would uh, actually be using the system and Mm -hmm. put, you know, put in the prompts and the fields to make sure that for this complex internal system, people could use it very easily. Right. Um, The external example actually comes out of the class I'm taking. There's this firm named IDEO, Mm -hmm. who your users, who your listeners may have heard of, Mm -hmm. um, who in conjunction with Stanford D School are kind of, you know, the grandfathers, the, you know, the mentors of design thinking.
0: Famous for helping Apple get some of their, you know, products designed. They're they're the people
1: who designed the mouse.
0: Yeah. And there's a lot of things
1: that you see and touch and feel on a daily basis that were influenced by IDEO. So I'm I'm in a cohort of people. I'm taking their fundamentals of design thinking class. Highly recommend it. You know, it's a thousand bucks, so it's pricey, but it's worth every penny. It's the mm-hmm. best online class I have ever taken. That's great. Um, but we had to do this project, and the project starts off with. How do you make life easier for people in their seventies? And then you narrow it from there. And what I narrowed it to was how do you make self-checkout machines easier to use for for senior citizens for everybody? (laughs) Well, for (laughs) everybody, (laughs) yeah. No, 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 absolutely. (laughs) And so, you know, I went out and did some field study, and I just watched people using these machines at a couple different stores. And and it, the concept is really simple. The groceries are on the left. You run them across the scanner, and you put them, you know, the groceries on the right to bag them up. So if you have a transaction that's from flowing left to right, the logical place for the receipt to be is on the right at the end of the transaction. <clears throat> so at Fred Meyer, the receipt is in the upper left. At Home Depot, the receipt is down by your knees. Yeah. And just watching person after person being unable to find the stupid receipts right. um, or just watching like at one store uh, three out of four seniors could not complete a transaction without calling for help. Mm-hmm. And the store basically had to have a full-time employee to do nothing other than to walk seniors through how to use the machines. And if, if you know, forget the user experience, just the financial cost to the store, they're paying 50 to 80 K a year because they have lousy design on their yeah. machines. So there's an internal and an external example
0: of the value of design thinking. And, I, and I'm curious to know, like this cohort you're in, uh, it sounds like a great program. What's the makeup of the type of folks in there? Are there a lot of people that are in transition, younger people? I'm really interested in uh, just the makeup.
1: Oh, it, is, it has been so fascinating Now that, now that we're in this digital Zoom world. Yeah. Um, they run multiple sessions. And if you join the morning session as people from the U.S. and Europe, you join the afternoon session as people from the U.S. and Asia. So I've been getting to know people all over the world. Cool. And it's a combination of people at all different ages and all different stages in their careers and all different uh, industries. It, it is one of the most diverse things I have ever been involved with. And they have a whole set of instructors uh, and coaches that come alongside you as you're going through this mm. and going through the exercises. It, it has been such an awesome experience. That's great. So let's uh, let's move on to number two. What was yeah. number two on your list? Number two is digital marketing. You know, the whole world is going digital. There's still a real-life component, of course, um, but everyone spends a lot of activities happening online. You know, for many companies, the first couple touch points you have with your customers is digital. Mm-hmm. And so helping people being able to find you and then creating a better experience is really key nowadays. And so the number one digital platform right now uh, you know, at least according to the government's lawsuit is
0: Google. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I, I am focused on two streams in there. One is Google AdWords and the other is the Google um, analytics. Hmm. You know, the AdWords is what you use to you know, get in front of people, kind of push out then the search functionality, the analytics is what you do for tracking people back in and across your website. And my goal here, Dan, is not to be a technician. Mm -hmm. my goal is kind of twofold, is at a managerial level, understanding, um, you know, just the basics. If I want to understand how a campaign is going, I just want to be able to reach in and see and not have to necessarily pull an analyst off a task to go do a simple analysis for me. Right. And then also at a leadership level, I like to know what my people's jobs are and how they do it, at least at a higher level. So I can help hold them accountable and guide them through that. And also just kind of, you know, sharpen the BS detector a little bit. When someone says, I can't get you that number, just go, eh, you know, I think you can. Have you thought about this approach or that approach?
0: But the goal is not like you said, it's not to be a micromanager or just do it yourself. It really is. So I I like that approach. As you've gotten into the weeds on that, doing that certification how is it is it frustrating or is it have you found it enjoyed <laughs> enjoyable to kind of go back and really
1: I, so Dan what I love about marketing is it's the wonderful intersection nowadays between the qualitative and the quantitative. You know, the qualitative is you can go in and you can you can pull the heartstrings with the emotional statements and the words and the imagery and that type of thing. And then the quantitative is you can measure whether or not it had any type of impact. And, and I'm, an, I'm a nerd at heart. I like the analytics. I like getting to the data. So my frustration has been, not necessarily having a sandbox where when I learn something, I can go try it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I'm lo- one of the things you're really looking forward to is getting back into the next job and just going, Oh, let's try this. And, you know, let's run this experiment and that experiment to so my last job. We were always running experiments. I always had some portion mm-hmm. of the budget allocated to try things because th- the technology evolves, the market evolves right. and you have to, f- continually be trying new and different things to keep up with that. So there's a lot of stuff I'm learning in the class. It's like, man, I wish I had taken this class three years ago. Right. But like you Um, said, it's changing everything weekly oh absolutely especially google up you know yes (laughs) yes Mm. yeah yeah well and i got a whole string of google certifications you know 2013-2014 time frame but the tools have evolved dramatically since then so i'm using this this pause right now the sabbatical to go back in get familiar with the expanded capabilities the new terminology and that type of thing yeah so i'm i'm learning a lot and i'm really looking forward to digging in and uh and figuring it out and
0: you know getting ready for the next gig yeah well let's chat my my love affair with podcasting yeah absolutely let's let's, i mean you'd be you pinged me you know before you left just like hey this is one of the things you wanted to get into so where are you at on that journey and what's your thoughts on the medium specifically with kind of the business side of it i'm interested what you You've kinda... Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. And Dan, I have totally appreciated how generous you have been with your time and, and putting up with all my, my questions of along the way. And uh, I've I got this nice new microphone on my desk, courtesy yeah. of your inspiration. <laughs> um, so for me, podcasting is really interesting as a marketing leader, you know, because we had so many platforms before you know, web email, press PR, social mm-hmm. magazine. I mean, you just got all of this. So where do podcasting fit? in? It's just at a strategic level, how does it fit in? And then if a company decides to do it, then tactically, how do you work with your team to execute it? You know, what's in Taos, what's outsourced? Mm-hmm. You know, what do we give to someone like that cast? Where do we go on episodes? Where do we do our own series? And, and it's been a really interesting journey. And, and I found the podcasting community to be really, really warm and receptive. And and so my conclusions are, yeah, podcasts are now an important part of the mix. Mm -hmm. I think every marketing leader needs to be thinking in terms of those. Um, But there's a whole range of reasons why. I think they're great top of funnel marketing activity. Um, You know, at a minimum, your subject matter experts in the company should be getting out there and going on other people's podcasts. Um, And if you're a company where you do a lot of prospecting podcasts like having a series of podcasts for example could make a lot of sense to work on building an audience and you know and the level of commitment varies along with that if you're just sending out an expert to go on a couple podcasts it's fairly low commitment if you're going to actually put together a series that's a high commitment and you have to be willing to make a continued investment and if
0: you don't make the investment don't even try preach doug preach because i'm uh you know, I, obviously this is part of my world and I think they say this might be exaggerating the stat a little bit. I, but I think it's 90% of podcasts. Don't make it past episode eight. If oh, I to totally believe it. Yeah. And, and that, that consistency piece and that planning piece is it, it's really hard. I, I mean, I've fallen down a lot of my own podcast because, yeah. um, yeah, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, even though it's, the, it's pretty straightforward if you're just having a kind of a, a conversation, but on the, mm-hmm. there is a lot. So I'm glad you kind of dug into it.
1: But, but and here's what's interesting, Dan, because what you've hit on is sustainability, mm-hmm. which is, you know, which is an issue I hit on my other platforms at my last job, you know, because if you have eight different platforms, if you're trying to generate eight different types of content, it's impossible mm-hmm. unless you have a massive team. And that's where content reuse really comes in. So what we, we were doing, is we use the white paper as the anchor. Every month like clockwork, one white paper came out and the white paper got recut into blog posts, which got turned into social media and you know and so on down kind of this content waterfall. Yeah. But how the white paper came about is we usually had our subject matter expert sit down with a writer and a recorder and have a conversation about the topic. Mm-hmm. And 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 what's a podcast in, Yeah. You know it's someone who knows what they're talking about, sitting down and having a conversation with a topic. It's like, oh, you know, if you put podcasts at the top of the content waterfall, it would have
0: been so easy to slot that into our media mix, is it? Yeah. And I think the way people consume things, I mean, it's different. Obviously, the lattice was more technical. So having a, a, a you know, really great research white paper is, is, is valuable. But for someone like me or you're finding, consume things in small bites. And so mm-hmm. even, you know, turn like you said, that part of the waterfall strategy, putting it into to small clips or however you mm-hmm. want to do it mm-hmm. is, is more valuable or c- can be as valuable as the whole conversation. So Yeah, absolutely. Because you you're absolutely right.
1: Because you can not only put excerpts of the white paper, you can put clips of the podcast mm-hmm. into your
0: social media stream, for example.
1: You know, that's yeah. that's absolutely right. Yeah.
0: Well, how's networking going in this COVID Zoom, whatever world? <laughs> You. you
1: know, Dan, there's a lot of people sitting at home who'd like something different to do and talk about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it's, it's, again, people have been very generous. So I set up a goal of talking to at least one person a week for the, for the 26 weeks. Mm. And I think this week I just had conversation number 11. Mm. Um, you know, I'm, a, I'm at a really interesting inflection point, which is I could go anywhere with my career at some sense. Mm -hmm. And it's been really great talking to people with different roles in different industries, you know, people who are corporate, people who are agencies, people who are freelancing and doing gigs and just having conversations about what their world looks like Mm. and having conversations about marketing in their worlds. Um, And it's just been, it's just been a fascinating learning experience. You know, I will spend a half hour, hour before each conversation, looking into the people and their company and their, you know, their LinkedIn profiles and putting together questionnaires to really like, what does this person uniquely bring? What could I really learn? You know, sitting at the feet of this person um, and then just having a free flowing half hour, hour conversation. I've actually had a couple of people come back and say, hey, let's have another hour next
0: week. Yeah. So what do you what's, uh, so what's some of the biggest learnings from those conversations? And I more, you know, not getting into more like their functional expertise, yeah. but just as people, because I think that insight of just what the world looks like, you know, how that is, is a really great kind of way to approach it. Yeah,
1: it's interesting when you say as people, because one of the things you're really learning as a network more broadly is, and trying to think of the right way to say this, I want to say how common people are, not meaning that they're plain, but meaning people are people. It doesn't matter whether they're, I'm talking to people in the beer business, and the dental business, and the retail apparel business, and... They all fundamentally have the same needs and wants. They all fundamentally have the same challenges. Um, and even on a kind of a technical professional level, marketing is marketing. Yeah. You know, the the toolbox is the same, no matter what whether you're selling growlers for beer Mm -hmm. or you're selling running shoes. Hmm. Um, You know, obviously the industry, the facts of the industry are materially different and I'll have a lot to learn no matter where I learn. Um, But the toolbox, it it just may be in some, in some industries you use the wrenches more than you use the hammers. In other industries use the pliers more than you use the screwdrivers, Mm -hmm. but it's the same mix. Mm -hmm. And you're working with people who at the end of the day are still trying to get their job done with two little kids running around in the background (laughs) and, you know, and a zoom connection that keeps dropping out. And so just, you know, we, we share really common humanity and it's just been really good and fun to see that.
0: Yeah. I I just love that. And obviously that's a big part of what I do (laughs) is Mm -hmm. talk to people and it's just my favorite thing and it energizes me personally so much. And I, I hopefully you found the same thing when you're all these people from different, worlds like you said yeah well it's also been good just
1: you know because i am not in a professional setting right now you know you know to get up put on an iron shirt (laughs) and you know and and continue to practice those those people skills those soft skills Mm. and and continue learning how to make those connections with people even via zoom it's so interesting you know i think with coming out of COVID. This 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 remote working is not going away, you know. I think it's here to stay, and I think people are still figuring it out. So it's mm-hmm. it's really great to be able to continue to to network and be productive
0: with people, no matter where they are. So you talked about these four areas of focus, and you know, besides networking, which well, I guess that could still you know, this bigger than that upskilling. But what about the softer stuff? You know. You know mm-hmm. me. I like to go like the introspective, yeah. the woo-woo stuff. What have you yeah. kind of the work you've been doing on yourself, <laughs> if any? And I don't mean that in like <laughs> I'm broken, but more just you know any introspection, no. leadership books, coaching. I'm curious in that part and take, have the time to do that now.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's. So uh, I'm I'm reading a book called "Lost and Founder" by Rand Fishkin. Great, book. he great yeah. book. You know, it, it's 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 searingly honest.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I, I mentioned at the head one of the things I'm thinking about is being a, a co-founder, mm-hmm. um, if I, you know, if I don't go full corporate. And it's just really interesting to listen to people like him, and, and just what they went through in building their companies, and and having those honest conversations with myself and my family, saying, "Is this what I want to do?" You know, no matter where I go, I'm going to be working hard, I'm going to be working long, I'm going to be on airplanes, you know, but there's degrees, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, are you signing up for the 40, the 60 or the 80 hour week? And, Mm -hmm. you know, and just kind of figuring out for myself, what do I truly want to do, like to do? Mm -hmm. You know, one one of the things I've done is I've started a document called My Next Job, Mm -hmm. which has got two sections. One is My Next Job Is, and the other is My Next Job Is Not. And as I talk with different people, it's like, and it's everything from, you know, technical things like what does the comp package look like to softer things like the values of the company. Right. You know, I was talking to someone at Keen and Keen is a really interesting company because they're probably the only company I've talked to where what they do outstrips what they say their values are. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. they they do more in sustainability. They do more in diversity inclusion than many, many companies. And they just don't talk about all of it because mm-hmm. it's so ingrained in their DNA. And so kind of forcing that introspection about, well, how much do I really value the values mm-hmm. uh, at a company? You know, how much do I care that the company is tr- really, truly living what they say as opposed to just, kind of green washing or black
0: washing it yeah. do you find that because ex- that's an exercise i did with i had a coach for a shout out steve august who's an awesome mm. coach and it's those that kind of the quadrants of must have you know don't can't have can live with kind mm-hmm. of thing going through that exercise sounds pretty simple but it is really hard because it does mm-hmm. that take that mm-hmm. self-awareness. Yeah. And so yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a challenging exercise. And a lot of people like me had put it off for a long time because I like to just jump into things or opportunities. So, Well, and
1: for me as an ex-engineer coming out of a technology company, mm-hmm. you know, touchy-feely woo-woo. Mm.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it's been an absolutely great exercise. And, and even thinking, you know, you're talking personally here with going back to the design thinking class, IDEO they actually split their certificate program into two modules. The second module is about how do you get your insights into action? How do you actually get a prototype built and developed and a product out the door? Mm -hmm. The whole first module is about empathy. Mm. How do you put yourselves in the shoes of the person that you are trying to get to know? And, and, And they will go to the extent of, you know, if they're working with senior citizens, they'll do things like they'll tape up their hands and then go to the grocery store so they don't have as much mobility in their fingers. Or they'll, or they'll intentionally put Vaseline or something on their glasses to simulate somebody with cataracts. I mean, this is this is deeply, deeply getting into understanding. Mm-hmm. You know, so like when I was doing my field research, you know, on the self-checkout machines, I went to a store I'd never been to before to try and use this completely new and unfamiliar machine and get the experience. And I think Developing empathy is a really, really key skill, especially for a leader, because Mm -hmm. fundamentally, the more senior you get, the less you're dealing with the tools and technologies and processes and the more you're dealing with the people. Mm -hmm. And the more you can understand your team and what they're going for, because you bring your whole person to work. You can't Mm -hmm. leave it all at the door. You can suppress it and not show it. Yeah, But fundamentally, you're working with people and how do you help them be the best they can?
0: You know, this, that's something I've been thinking about so much these past six months is what's the ROI of empathy? I think it's pretty mm-hmm. high, especially it's huge. during this whole huge pandemic. And yes. it's been a huge area of focus on me. And it's really interesting to hear that as part of that design, Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's yeah. a, a module. Hmm. Well, what's next, Doug? What are What's you going to do? I know you have this time, you, you, you know, you put this, um, laid out and I think it's, you said 20 weeks or tw- uh, whatever. 26, is, 26, six months. So how are you, how are you tracking on that? What are you, what are you thinking?
1: Oh, well, February 5th is coming up quickly, okay. but it's still many months away. Yep. Um, you know, I'm, I am still plunging forward in the four streams of work, mm-hmm. Um, and I am still talking with lots of people, um, and, you know, and I tend to keep doing that, you know, and one thing we haven't talked about is all the stuff I'm doing outside of the professional development. Yeah. You know, I went on multiple backpacking, day hiking trips. I've gotten uh, a neighbor's canoe and I've been out on the water a bunch of times with my family and friends. Um, looking forward to buying my first pair of snowshoes here in a couple of weeks nice. and Fun. getting out, getting back out on the mountain and, and trekking around up there. You know, the hiking doesn't have to stop when the snow comes yeah. down. So I, I have been doing a lot of sleep, a lot of exercise and just, Focusing on personal health and wellness. Mm-hmm. Uh, my kids are getting older. I've got a senior in high school and a freshman in high school, and mm-hmm. my first daughter just launched a college. So I'm really cherishing kind of these these last moments before the nest empties out here. Um, so professionally, it's stay the course, and personally, it's just really continued to um, work on becoming. I don't want to say working, becoming healthier, cause it implies I was sick, but just <laughs> it, it's, you know, it, yeah. it I, I think it goes back to discussions before about, you know, empathy and self-care
0: and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Just really working on becoming stronger. Yeah. No, that's and, really yeah. important. And, and thanks for sharing that about the, the other side of things and just, you know, I neglect my health, uh, it's something I'm trying to get better at, but it's great to hear, you, you know, you take the time to do that. And another thing I'm interested in, we'll have a few more questions and, um, How are you going to position this? So when you go back to the market, Mm -hmm. whether it's starting your own company, or working for someone else, Mm -hmm. how are you going to position this time? I think that's valuable for people to hear that have taken transition. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. No, and that was a concern because, you know, the mantra is people like to hire people who are employed, not people who are unemployed. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting when I first sent around the email at Lattice saying, hey, I'm leaving you know, people would and, and I laid out this is my plan. I'm planning to take six months to upskill and do these things. And, and you know, I would get phone calls saying, okay, Doug, what's the real story? And and the answer is that is the real story. <laughs> right, yeah. I it's it's not typical, yeah, yeah. but that is the real story. And I'm sorry, I just lost the question,
0: Dan. No, I'm just like, how are you going to position this? And it's oh, like, yeah, you, you sorry, were saying okay. when you yes, left. Yes, 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 yes. And, and it's, yeah, it's, right. Just, yeah. Okay.
1: No, so one of the things I've, you know, as so I talked about, for example, I'm earning the, the fundamentals of design thinking right. certificate from IDEO. Mm-hmm. And then with Google, I'm earning Google certificates. So I have focused on doing things where I will have something that I can stick on the resume. Mm -hmm. So my intent is on the resume, and you'll see this on my LinkedIn profile, is to actually have a job which is called professional sabbatical, and it lists, you know, earned design thinking certificate, earned four Google certificates, you know, Mm -hmm. met with four podcasting experts, interviewed 20 people. Um, I'm also advising a couple of startups as well. I've got four different startups that I've been advising, having conversations with, so there, there's going to be stuff on the resume. There will be a gap in my employment, but there won't be a gap on the resume. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, am, I have looked for tangible artifacts that I can put out there as proof points that I didn't just go hiking in the woods for six months, <laughs> that, that, that I actually did something that makes me a more valuable
0: candidate for them. And I would argue, even if you did go hiking in the woods for six months, that's interesting. Yes, so. yes. Well, it, it is interesting, and it probably would bring
1: me back a better person than I left. But I, it's not clear to me that all hiring managers are that progressive.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I always like to end with uh, Portland, and so you've yeah. been you have been with Lattice, you know, those twenty years. Were you always in market here, or was, were you based? On,
1: no, like, I. Okay. No, it, it's a funny question because I've always lived here in Portland for those 22 years. Uh-huh. My team has been scattered literally all over the world. I had people right. here, San Jose, Manila, Shanghai, Tennessee. Um, but yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a Portland boy. And it, it's, it's, it's been really interesting watching the evolution because I think when I first came up here, at least from the technology side, Portland was much more of a semiconductor and hardware mm-hmm. company. Mm-hmm. Uh, or town and, and so you know obviously you've got the people like intel but but you also had people like TriQuint and sequent and Tektronix and you can go down the list of you know 30 40 50 years ago a whole bunch of blue chip semiconductor and hardware companies were here right and when you look now it's kind of intel and the you know and lattice has you know we've got 100 people and Corvo's still got 50 to 100 people, but it's really, the dynamic has really shifted in the technology space, the software and SaaS. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you look downtown, you know, Lattice at one point, we had our corporate headquarters in Big Pink downtown, and we were the only hardware company in the tower. Mm. Um, But the number of software and SaaS companies was amazing. It was also this huge, interesting cultural shift, mm-hmm. you know, because Big Pink started off as a lawyers and bankers building. Right, yeah. And, and you get on the elevator and you have these people in their three-piece cut suits, <laughs> you know, and then these kids with the tattoos and the piercings <laughs> and everything else would pile onto the elevator and the mm-hmm. suits kind of would shrink back <laughs> in the elevator. But, but, but I think that's symbolic of the shift in Portland, mm-hmm. which is it's really become a, a software in SaaS town. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's also been interesting as I have been going around talking to people, learning, for example, the prevalence of the apparel and footwear industry. Yeah, absolutely. It's like Nike is obvious, mm-hmm. you know, but then it's like, Oh, there's also Adidas and then, Oh, there's also Hannah Anderson. And then there's, Oh, there's also, there's all these, this whole string of startups and service businesses, everything else centered around, um, you know, apparel and footwear. And, and mm-hmm. you know, there's another hub here. Mm -hmm. Um, and some things like financial services are actually decently strong here in Portland. So I'm bullish on Portland. You know, my family and I were, we're planning on staying here, you know, through the end of my career and uh, it's good. It's a good place to be.
0: It's interesting insight. I mean, I obviously through just doing this, I get to, like you said, peel that uh, onion the layers down of all the different types of company and leaders here. And it's just, uh, it's inspiring, and it, like I'm super bullish of it too. It's a special place. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. well, Doug, thanks so much for hopping on. What's the name of your site? Because I know you have a personal website.
1: Uh, I do. No, thanks for the opportunity to plug. It's dhunterdigital.com. dot com. Yeah, and uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, my, my my personal blog. It's all under the dhunterdigital uh, domain. If you want to see where I've been hiking and canoeing, you can even go to Instagram and look up dhunterdigital. So, I'm, oh, cool. I am branded
0: across all the platforms. (laughs) I'll get some inspiration on the hiking part. Uh, Absolutely. Thanks so much, Doug. Thanks, Dan. The PDX Executive Podcast is a production of ThatCast, a Portland, Oregon podcast agency that partners with brands to create custom podcasts. You can learn more at thatcast.com. And please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast as well.